0: I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining us today in the CEO Swim Series is a very, very, very special guest. This man has deep swimming roots, seven international medals won, uh, world champion, uh, three-time Pan American Games gold medalist, uh, the man who scared Rowdy Gaines his freshman year at Auburn. And from my research, also swimming's Tom Selleck of the 1970s, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, CEO and founder of GMX7, David McCagg.
1: Hello, thanks for having me. and Tom
0: Selleck came out and took my place <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're a very handsome man and we're going we're to uh, get into it but the, the last time I saw you in person, your hair was short and now you're now you're, you're rocking some long locks and we just i just I, I had to I had to say what, why are you going there uh, pandemic pandemic it's the pandemic right. you're
1: very well uh, well thanks
0: you are the CEO of GMX seven. And we're going to get into that. And for, for people who are dropping in, if you want to, as you're listening, if, you, if, you're, if you're at your desk, you're on your phone and you want to pop over and check it out, gmx7training.com. gmx7training.com. This website is great, beautiful design, and it really matches the, the product. X1 Pro, um, it's just, it, it's something you need to go in and you need to familiarize yourself with, with, with what David has developed before we go there, we're going to go into your roots. I talked to Rowdy Gaines before this interview and Rowdy said, you know, he goes, this, this is not just the blue ribbon man from the 1978 world championships. This guy brought it and, and, and the 200 free and delivered and he could deliver and fly and backstroke. Um, were you, were you a really utility guy? Could you do it all?
1: Well, um, first of all, it was a hundred free. But that's okay. I'm glad I can correct you on that one. Um, uh, I uh, I think my that that year in '78 I was um, ranked first in the world at the end of the year, first in the world in the hundred free, um, third in the world maybe in the hundred fly, third or fourth, and fourth or fifth in the two hundred bat. And uh, at the nationals when I won the hundred free before we went to the '78 World Games, uh, I remember I swam that and then I swam the hundred fly or uh, and then I swam the 200 back, and you know, I was getting second and thirds on those, or thirds because I didn't make the team, you had to be top two. And I remember I was walking the last day to swim 100 back, and they all go, they, The coaches are taking bets McCag's gonna win the 100 back because he's a sprinter. Well, I never could swim a 100 back, I could only swim 200 back, so um, but I, and I couldn't swim breaststroke at all.
0: I, I, that total respect for that because breaststroke should be in synchronized swimming and that that is that is confirmed data and history every mo- mo- most people agree i never had
1: respect for scott span who swam you know breaststroke
0: we love we love scott span scott's man uh, yes
1: name. scott was one of my best friends through the senior year in high school and then at auburn for a couple years with eddie
0: no, no, good guy. Now, I'm, sorry, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm. Sorry, I misspoke. I'm absolutely where it's the blue ribbon event where you're the world champion. But it's so. Um, that, that's that's a big moment in time. It's a big moment in a career, and also a big moment coming off one of the the greatest Olympic teams of all time in 1976, especially for the men. Right. Uh, did. did what was what was the what was the oxygen like what was the atmosphere like at that time in history coming off of 76 going into world championships
1: well um what i'm going to talk about mainly uh for me what sets sets it all apart is that in all due respect for the 76 women and we know the stories and the movie and and everything that went on and and god bless them you know for competing against uh you know, uh, the drug-infested world of uh, the Eastern Blocs and, you know, how that improved them. And with that said, I come back and tell you that the 78 women's team swam against the same drug-enhanced East Germans, Russians, and blew them away in every event with the Tracy Hawkins and the Sippy Woodheads and the Joan Pendletons and the Nancy Hog- Hogsheads and, and, uh, Kim Linehans. And I mean, people that just destroyed them. So I think we learned from 76, the women did, and it was, for me, it was an honor to swim. Linda I mean, it was such an honor to swim with those, those women. And I still go back and say, uh, you know, I got out of swimming for, Almost forty years, I ran from it. We can talk about that in a while. Um, but uh, it 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 was um, I in my mind the absolute greatest team ever, the way they competed against these Shermans after the seventy six. So the men's side, we had a lot of Olympians, you know, and Jim Montgomery was there, and a lot of uh, Bob Jackson and Peter uh, was there. A lot of Olympians, uh, uh, Bruce Furness, God bless him. He was my roommate, and I just love Bruce Um, and uh, you know Tim Shaw and I mean names that people nowadays probably don't even know Um, but they were they were it was it was we just kind of slammed we played we had a great time
0: time. in the 1970s it's a it's Mike I was a child back then so you guys were my heroes I was you know I was the kid that had had every single Swimming World magazine issue and would read it cover to cover it's, um, so I lived and breathed that, but in the eighties, we were still doing, the, you know, 80 to hundred thousand meters a week, training wise yeah. in the seventies that really grew out of the seventies. Was that your experience in the 1970s uh, where you were a grinder?
1: Uh, you know, I didn't want to be, but you know, my high school coach was Greg Troy. Then I went to Randy Reese, my senior year in high school, and then went to Eddie Reese for two years. At Auburn, every summer I went back to Randy, and, and I used to say Eddie tapered me and Randy, you know, trained me, and uh, then I went, uh, Richard Quick came in, and then after the 80 boycott, I trained with Mark Schubert. Are you kidding me? I'm a sprinter. Um, yeah, there were, there were 20,000, you know, yard days, without question. Um, and I thought it was ridiculous. If I can tell you a quick story and Rowdy would confirm this because I made him, you know, everybody get out of the pool, but Richard Quick had us do 120, 100s, 120, 100s, And they were like starting on one, this is yards. Uh, Auburn only had a yard pool and we were, we started maybe at 120, 115, one, you know, whatever it was and went down to where the last 10 were on the minute, but we got to 60, and I sat out and I just said, no, no more. I'm not doing it. I was the captain or I, maybe I wasn't the captain, maybe it was, but I was, I controlled, <laughs> I was a control freak. And um, I just made everybody stop. And we got out. Oh, Richard Quick was pissed. He was so upset.
0: Richard's I was intimidating. Like,
1: I just going, there's no way I'm not doing this. And I remember grabbing routing grabbing some of the others that were really, and they are like, what do we do? Do we listen to Coach, or do we listen to McCag who's going to kick our butt? Um, And fortunately or unfortunately, uh, it all worked out, but got out of the pool. So, yeah, we did. We did.
0: That's that's a unique piece of swimming history you're sharing there. That was was – If I was in the pool and and, and Richard was on deck, I don't know that I would have gotten out.
1: Yeah, there there were a lot of them that didn't want to, but uh, I don't know. I guess I was a little intimidating. I didn't. I didn't mean to be, but I was. I guess.
0: It's it's a it's, it's a storybook time. It's uh, and, and and this is a little bit indulgent. I'm a, I'm a Tennessee alum, so you were you were living in, in, in that in that period. With mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee was, was was a strong was a strong team back then. Oh, they uh, they won
1: NC two and we got second you 78. Know, in '78. Oh, and in, uh, in the finals in they were
0: they were only six guys in the finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and wh- how many? How many were in the fifty free?
1: There, there's six only in the finals. But, you I know, mean, to make they were it like, all, American, they were- all American, all American, you had to be top six, yeah, or top twelve, and then they would take maybe the top twelve. You, you know, and you made all American. So, you know, I think I was a 19 time all American, but there was only 22 events I could have swam. And nowadays, you know. I think you're All-American or Honorable All-American. I don't know what they do, to be honest with you, but uh, quite different back in those days. And Tennessee, speaking of Tennessee, I would have gone to Tennessee. Um, I was uh, with um, uh, Scott Spann, Billy Forster, and I swam for Randy Reese. And with Andy Cohn, who was down in Fort Lauderdale, we were like the top four in the country. And we were all gonna go to Auburn. And then the night before I w- was gonna sign, Uh, Andy Cohn called me and said I've decided to go to Tennessee well I was real close to going to Tennessee anyway so I had to make a decision and I told Scott Spann I thought I might go to Tennessee and it was right before we jumped in to warm up for afternoon practice and Randy Reese called practice off grabbed me and said you're coming home with me Eddie was at his house and I called Andy on the phone and we talked for an hour or so and he said he was going the next day I signed with Auburn only because Eddie was there I think if uh, Ray Buzzard was there, I probably would have signed with Tennessee.
0: Ray, Ray Buzzard was a, was a very big presence.
1: Ooh. Here. Anybody remember this? Ray Buzzard. This is how he shook your hand.
0: That's right. He you know, wanted to show you that. Every time he, he was on that. top. So for the uninitiated, uh, David's holding cool. his hand. If, you're not, if you don't have video, yeah. David's holding Sorry. his hand out. You're listening to this you know, on a podcast. David's holding his hand out, and he's showing you how he shakes his hand which is he would stick his hand out flat and in front of you to show you a huge fat ring on his hand.
1: And he was always on top.
0: He always had to be
1: over your hand.
0: Well, He That's wanted you crazy. to see that ring. That ring was, yeah, oh, was, was, you know, the size oh. of Sputnik. It was huge.
1: He was, he was a football coach in swimming is what he was. Yeah. And I respect him. You know, there, there were some fights. There were some things we didn't like, but um, I respect the, the, the heck out of him.
0: He's, uh, he recruited me to Tennessee and then John Tremblay was the coach. So this is when, this is when you were gone and you were being an entrepreneur and starting your other life, but we'll get into that in a second. Your career fell over the, the 1980 Olympic boycott and, uh, and talking to Rowdy, he's like, yeah, you know, bring it up. I think David will talk about that period of time, but it's a, it's, you know, USC swimming at Golden Goggles this year is going to honor the 80 team and, but there there was a lot of collateral damage in 80 for everybody and uh you know how did that affect you and affect your career
1: uh it it affected uh, my life until two years ago um and everything i did uh i was um you know when you talk about collateral damage my collateral damage was that i quit so i didn't even go you know i was slated maybe to win three or four gold medals, you know, I was at the top of my game in a couple of events um, with relays. And when uh, Bruce Furness walked into my room at NC2As, and this was after I had broke, pardon me, I think the American record at SECs. And um, he walked into our room with Billy Forrester, Rowdy and I were sitting in our room in, at Harvard. Uh, and um, he said, I just came from, you know, he was on the committee or something. He said, there's going to be no Olympics. We're going to boycott it. The next day, the meet started. I got dead last in everything, just about. And then when we swam the relay, I let off the relay in the fastest time in the meet. And Richard Quick came up and he said, what was wrong? And I said, you know, I didn't think anything. I just thought I was swimming bad. And so I quit. I didn't even try for the 80 Olympics, uh, although I went out and swam the 50 free. Um, And it destroyed me. And um, fortunately... I got a call from Mark Schubert that said, David, you need to be still in swimming. Come swim for me. And I went and swam for him. And I tell people this, and, and I, I don't say it lightly. Uh, Mark Schubert saved my life. He really did. Because then I came back in 81 at the U.S. Open in 81, and I beat the world again. And it was all because of Mark. And, and so that happened. And what it did then is, four years later, these Germans and Russians boycott us. And what does David McCag do? He decides that, hey, I've already beaten the world. I, You know, if I can't swim against the world, who cares, right? And back then, the Olympics wasn't like it was now or how it is now, right? And there is no social media. There was no professional swimming. We got a stipulant of, what, $200 a year or something to eat. I mean, it was crazy. You know, David Larson and I used to sweep the floor of a restaurant just for lunch, you know, and he's a – gold medalist in in the 84 Olympics. So in 84, I quit again. And I ran from swimming. And the whole time, as time went by, I started to regret it more and more and more. So it affected me. It affected me. Sorry. It affected me until I got a life coach two and a half years ago. And you know what she told me? What'd she tell you? She said, how do you know you would have won? And I thought about that. How do you know you would have made the team? Yeah, okay. You know, Craig Beersley didn't make the 84 team, right? A good friend of mine and, and you know, world record holder. And so she goes, how do you know? And she said, and why don't you think about this? What are you going to do now? You're going to get back into swimming and you're going to do this and you want to develop something that's really cool. That wasn't your time. Your time is now. And it was preparing you for this. I love that. And a light went off. I love you know, that. And, and I, and since then, does it still bother me? I, t- I went out Glenn Mills did uh, some filming for us and I went and, and spent some time with Glenn. I keep saying, I love these guys. These, you know, these are, these are, these are amazing athletes. I'm so honored to know them and be able to call them friends, be able to pick up the phone and call them and talk to them, you know? And uh, it was the first time he told me, I had talked to Craig Beardsley, he's the only other person who told me his experience. I thought I was the only one. That it affected the Olympics did. And I talked and I ran from swimming. So then when I talked to Craig Beardsley, he, uh, he told me, and then Glenn said the same thing. He said, I can't go to the Olympic trials because I thought I couldn't watch the Olympics until just a couple years ago, a couple, a couple times ago. And, I, and people keep saying, okay, now with this new business, you're going to have to go to the Olympic trials. And I'm going, I don't know. I don't know if I can. And especially now, because if you go, they're going to honor the 80 Olympic team. Well, guess who's not on the 80 olympic team so it's still it, i'm telling you people don't understand it kills me today because they don't understand the ramifications of what's happening today with the pandemic and cancellations of swimming and how your career's taken away from you your dreams taken away from you you didn't have the chance to see whether you made it or not and it's um that and I'm so happy we're finding out about mental illness and things like that. If I look back, i hell yes, I was mentally ill. I mean, it it messed me up.
0: It's and most people in, in therapy would call it uh trauma or complex trauma and it arrests you in life. So for, for anybody who's young out there that's listening, uh we boycotted um President Carter boycotted nineteen eighty. It was a political right. move. Because if uh, I remember correctly, Russian invasion of Afghanistan, correct? How ironic is that? How <laughs> ironic is that? And then what, to put into context, the reason why, I, and I'm, I'm not, you know, you can explain more, but my, my assumption from that team, because I, I, I went to nationals by 85, so I was familiar with everyone. A lot of athletes going into 84 were like, yeah, it's going to be half the world. And also the Olympics, the Olympics were in question by then. By ninety, by 1984, everyone was like, you know, will the, can the Olympics keep going? Is it profitable? Is it wor- is it, is it worthy? Is it? There was a question as to whether or not the Olympics would continue, and something unique happened in '84. The LA Games sort of was the Hollywood Games, and it was a it, it was a new iteration of the Olympics. And uh, but no one could you could not have known that as a young man right. struggling with all the feelings that you had.
1: You had no idea. It's it like a new. It was like a new birth, but that all happened after I decided to quit. Right. So, yeah. for me, it was, it was already lost, and and it it affected my life. It, it, I think, to be honest, uh, I'm I'm divorced after twenty six years, uh, twenty three years of marriage, and I know it affected that. I know that's one of the reasons, one of the causes. I I had problems with it, yeah. and. Still have little ones, but but fortunately, I have someone that really help, helps me understand reality more or less. And and I also remember Sippy Woodhead sitting down with Sippy one time. And I, I don't know, Sippy Woodhead, <laughs> she was she she and Jill Sterkel and Linda Yasek were like my favorite absolute favorites. Um, but they uh, sat down with her, and she had a real problem, um, and said she was going to see a therapist at that time which at that time to tell anybody you're seeing a therapist okay uh you i don't want to be around you you know and um thank goodness but she i remember her telling me she said the same thing that this that my life coach told me a couple years ago the same thing is that you know swimming isn't that big a deal why are you getting upset about this nobody really i mean and you think about it over time i get back into it I talk to regular people on the street. nobody knows about swimming unless it's in the Olympics. That's when they watch it. It's really a small group, and so um you got to understand that in the scope of the world it's it's this and and it's okay, it's okay. so anyway, sorry
0: <laughs> what i what I love about your story and 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 it, we do experience this a lot. you know Glenn Mills is is a good example. Um, we have heard. We have heard about the the dark period for a lot of athletes, whose whose dreams were taken from them. But you have a rebirth now, and this rebirth is is it, it falls into your wheelhouse. My understanding from my research is that you were successful before this uh, in business and in real estate. Was it was commercial real estate, commercial,
1: real, commercial
0: estate. real estate, and now that you you have a creative uh, GMX Seven is is a creative extension. Of all the swimming knowledge that you have, and if you guys don't know what what, what GMX Seven is out there, uh, David will explain it to us. Um, from my first reaction to it was holding it. I was at the American Swimming College, you know, ASCA's World Clinic, and I just walked up to one of the you know the vending stands, and I and I and I didn't look at anything. I just I didn't look at the name of the product. I went up and saw the product and was drawn to it, and I wanted to touch it. Because and then when I felt it, it was it, it, I felt the weight of it, and I felt and I was feeling it. The design of this product is uh, is pretty amazing, and that and that's what sucked me in first. Explain to our listeners what GMX Seven is.
1: Well, what we did is uh, I don't know how, but um, I started train. we've developed a product that is a resistance training uh, device that um, is. Truly, you know, we used it as a marketing to revolutionize aquatic resistance training. But in the last year and in the last nine months that we've actually physically been out with the product, we are learning that it's going to do more than revolutionize aquatic resistance training. It's insane. I, 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 don't, uh, I don't understand half of it. But um, what happened was, I got, I walked back on the deck. Uh, for the first time coming back to swimming because I ran from it from the 8084 experience and stayed in touch with a couple people, but never watched swimming. Didn't read about it. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I uh, moved to Florida and walked on the deck where Randy Reese is coaching in Clearwater and he had the buckets and his were PVC and they were very similar to what power tower is. I didn't know what any power tower was, but we, um, and I had a picture, but I don't know what to do with it. We, um, We started them. We started buckets with Randy Reeks, and it was off a scaffolding with a milk crate and you'd put weights in it and go up through one pulley and down to another and then out to the swimmer and you just kind of hold the weight up, right? Because it could only go so high and I walked on the deck and I went that kind of looks just like what we did 40 years ago and I thought why would there's got to be a better thing and so after looking at it a while it 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 kind of I just started saying somebody I, I had learned that if I can think of it then somebody smarter than me can do it that's what I've always felt and so I started thinking how do you make it smaller how do you make it go a true 50 meters because I saw that they would add 10 meters on it or 15 meters and it would start pulling at 10 meters and you could go 50 meters and I'm thinking okay you know, I've been around a lot of con people, but that's, that's ridiculous. That doesn't go 50 meters. So I wanted it to go 50 meters. I wanted it to be able to, you know, um, be small and compact to carry from place to place. Cause I started, uh, I, I assistant coached with him. I volunteered, I should say, with Randy to get kind of get a feel back in swimming. And he, uh, and when I did that, I, people were talking about power tower and it's 232 pounds. And, and I'm thinking, how do you move these things around? And so that's what kind of started it. And I just started thinking of three or four or five things that I thought would kind of be unique about it. And uh, fortunately, I I threw a dart and found an engineer uh, that is nearby and they do a lot of Yamaha boats and things like that. They do water stuff. And I walked in with them and I told them kind of what I was thinking and they looked at me like, they knew nothing about swimming. And they just thought this, what? And so I gave him a couple of weeks and the guy called me back and he said, okay, he said, maybe, but I need you to come down and see something. And I went down and he had this little tiny thing and it ran on a line. And I immediately, my daughter was with me and she said, whatever they have, don't get upset, just hear them out. And I thought of that line and I went, man, that line, you know, that line, I, I don't get the line. We need something to pull it back. And he said, Well, why? Why can't you flip the turn and just come back? And so all of a sudden it became bi-directional. Now you can swim any set, any distance on resistance. And so there was a couple other features that came from that too. And, uh, and, uh, so we started, uh, we started a prototype, and started testing it first with Ira Klein down in Sarasota where we dropped it in the pool. And then I immediately went to Greg Troy, um, I've always been a firm believer that if you want to do something, go to the best. And he was training Caleb and uh, Ryan. And I'm thinking who better than those guys to say whether this thing works or not. And so that's where we kind of started and it's evolved from there. And right now I just talked to Australia. Uh, We have a, a, we have them in Australia and there's a coach that's been testing it. He's now doing starts with it. He's also doing turns and, And finishes with it and his athletes within a week of going he has one athlete that all they've done is work on it three times a week and uh dropped his 50 time by a second and then we have other people their sets they're dropping that after they've been on it they're dropping their sets you know they can do them on you know they can hold their uh pace under 30 instead of 31 you know and i mean he's starting to get some amazing results from it and so is Troy. So are the other people that I talk to. Um, it's pretty. Cr- it's crazy.
0: When you think of training devices, especially resistance training, everyone is indoctrinated into power towers. That is that that is sort of uh, the the established technology that's used. And if you're, you know, not all not all programs have them because they are pricey, because they are big and uh also because you know they don't have people don't have deck space at pools you know that if you're if you're renting space at a pool you might not be able to have these um, have a power tower but cost costly big and not everybody can have them but a lot of the a lot of the big programs do a lot of the big clubs do and uh the first limitation is you're not going the entire length of the pool right. it's uh it, it, so the after I saw this product, and I and I loved the design, I love the way it felt, this is obviously very high quality. It was that you could go the entire length of the pool, and it was bi-directional. I'm like, that is a huge leap forward in terms of innovation. In doing some research, and, uh, and you're, you're partners with everybody. You're with the College Swimming Coach Association, is this correct? Yeah. Uh, ASCA. Uh, Your partner, you've worked with Swimming World. You've worked with, we work with everybody in the market. I've been reviewing this media, but I've heard some of your reactions to this. You said, you know, this pulley, when that line hits your leg, because you're attached to a pulley, you're, um, because that's letting you know that you need to adjust your stroke. And I thought that was pretty amazing. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah. And I'm really glad you asked because that was, as I said, one of my biggest fears and I got on and tested at first was Okay, I hit the line. And it runs on a line right along the lane line, right? A little uh sailing line, actually, is what it is, a three millimeter line that's you know, it doesn't shred or you know, fray or anything like that. And um, it runs along that line. And so we're testing it for the very first the prototype. I'm up in Gainesville. First time I ever met Ryan Lochte. And uh I met Ryan and I he came over and he kind of looked at it like you know what is this and I said why don't you jump in and try it and he jumped in and tried it and his reaction was exactly like every single person has gotten on it the first thing they go is this is cool anyway he got back and I said what about the line did you hit the line he goes no if you hit the line you're doing an incorrect stroke and he had done all the strokes and so We've, it, it just evolved, that part of it evolved, but what, it, what has evolved also with that now that it's being used is that it keeps the athlete, it corrects and uh, the athlete so that the alignment, so your alignment is perfect for the stroke. Everything else either pulls you, to, you have surgical tube and you have power towers that pull, and I'm using my hand now to describe, but it pulls you up. And it also pulls you back and part of pulling you back, I, I have to read this cause this, I, I found something, I don't know Abby Fish, but I think she's pretty well respected within the swimming community. And she wrote that swimming resistance bands add more stress to your body than just the water. So it increases your risk of injury along with alters your stroke mechanics. That's the same with everything out there except for the X1 Pro. The X1 Pro keeps the alignment perfectly. It also corrects your stroke. And it also, the feel of it and the water is, we're finding out just little things over and over and over of how it improves. Go ahead.
0: I think of a peer when I think, when you're you're, down to six minutes, but I just want to give you a heads up. But I think of, of, of a peer of yours, David Marsh, when I, when I think of the product and here's why he, I, he coached me for a season and late in my career and changed my stroke. And what he did was really counterintuitive, but all of his changes to my stroke had to do with one thing, keeping your inertia constant. And I see with this product that if you, if you have any hitches, if you have a hitch in your stroke or you have know, slow down, you know, it takes twice as much energy to speed back up. This device lets you know that immediately. And that is it. crucial.
1: It corrects it instantly. And speaking of David Marsh, he uses it. Uh, he, he's using it too. And, you know, we, we're in, I, I'm just so honored with the people that are using it. You know, the Bob Bowers. And uh, we're, we're in a lot of universities now. And, but David definitely uh, uses it for stroke technique and things like that. The smooth consistency of it, um, helps mitigate injuries, um, and I guess the big thing is we've got probably over uh, close to four hundred of them out in the market uh, during the pandemic, which is really good. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, and we haven't had one return. We haven't had one say this is every everybody says we love it.
0: Price so, point. Price point. Well, it's a price what- point. What price, point, it uh, price one. point
1: yeah for one we have a we have two two sets two different kinds one's 25 meter that'll go up to 25 meters because not a whole lot of people have 50 meters we originally came out with just a 50 meter one because we wanted to go 50 meters so we came back and did a 25 meter for less expensive the 50 meter that we started with is for one is 11.97 for one 25 meter is 997 and then we do a, we give them a discount of uh, 15 to 16% on buying two. So the double for the 50 meter is 19.97 and the uh, double for the the 25 meter is
0: uh, 16.97. We're going to put this in the post in, in the post below this podcast so that you will okay. know exactly where to go. It'll take you to gmx7training.com and we're going to hyperlink it in a bunch of places so you have all these price points and a lot of how to, why to um, links to the GMX7 training.com website. What I love about it is your price point is uh, it's lower than power towers. Mm-hmm. It's good. You know, so you've you, you you've got, you, you, that's, that's we the ship. We ship there. for free too. We ship
1: for free. So that's another $300 off power tower. <laughs> I,
0: I, I wasn't thinking about that, but I'm glad you brought it up. And Just put it in your bag and travel. Yeah. You can put it in your yeah, bag and can. travel. You, are you going to see? He's, you're going to get I up I was and looking go.
1: for it. It's in the car. I'm here in Gainesville because I'm, uh, I'm with Troy and, and Lochte and, and Dressel, and, and I come up here quite a bit and work with them and, and watch them on it and film. And so I was looking for it, but I left it in my car. Sorry. That, that was bad. my bad.
0: <laughs>
1: go to our site. You'll see it, but it fits right in the palm of your hand.
0: We're down to three minutes. You, yep. you know everything you need to know. We know some background. We got, we got, we got David's roots. We got his connection to swim. He shared a lot, and I appreciate you being so personal with us and letting us, you know, letting us inside. But now we have this rebirth with GMX-7, and it's a, uh, we got the price point. We got the why, and it's a – I think this is – this. we don't have a lot of innovations in swimming, and I would like to know. I can, I'll tell you this. Uh, I had a career in swimming, and I, had, I got my international medals, and I felt like I had achievement, and there are things I felt like I didn't do. But I feel like with the second chapter of my life of Swim Swam, I feel like it feels the same way emotionally. And I would like to know, do you feel like, do you feel emotionally the same way about bringing GMX-7 to the market?
1: I, I feel amazing. My kids looked at me and say, we've never seen you happier. And that's what it's about.
0: And I love
1: being reconnected in the swimming world. Thank goodness it's a little small niche in the world because when I got back into it and came back to the ASCA that you, you know, two years ago, everybody remembered me. I don't know how, I don't know why. And everybody was, you know, I I was in business where, you know, getting on the phone with someone was the, the key to selling. I can get on the phone with anyone. They'll take my call anyway, you know. They may we'll not buy call. them, they may think I'm nuts, but they'll take my call. The swimming that's family, a whole different
0: world. The swimming family is very large. The swimming family is also very small, especially when you have a lot of Olympic hardware in your history. But, uh, Buddy, I appreciate you coming on. Will you come back?
1: Yes, I will, and I really appreciate it um, more than you know.
0: All right, thank You're you a so much. We're gonna, You're we're, a good we're gonna bring you back. Ladies and gentlemen, gmx7training.com. We're going to see you there, and we'll talk to David again sometime in the near future. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.